All right, everyone. Welcome to the ASU Weekly Sports Short. I'm Thomas Rumgis here with Dan Maha. We're here to offer information and opinions on the latest sports news. And this week's topic is the NCAA's decision to allow student-athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, and what controversies it will cause in the future. Over the last 20 years or so, the battle has been between student-athletes and the NCAA to allow them to make a profit off of their likeness, but the NCAA has not budged until now. States like California have passed legislation to prohibit the NCAA from punishing student-athletes from profiting in the future, so the NCAA was almost forced into making this decision. So Dan, what are your initial thoughts on the issue? Well, my gut reaction is that the NCAA is making the right decision because they would have had to do it sooner rather than later. I like that they did it because it's going to benefit college athletes in so many ways in my opinion. The first thing I want to clarify for everyone is that this would not be the student athletes being compensated by their universities. This would give student athletes the opportunity to profit off something that is attached to their name, image, or likeness. I as well think it is the right decision for the NCAA to make, but I do think it is something that is going to cause a lot of controversy, and the language that they are using is going to lead to a lot of flaws in the system. So let's take a look at the actual language that the NCAA uses in their rules change proposal. The NCAA released the following principles and guidelines that under this new model, the NCAA would assure student athletes are treated similarly to non-student athletes unless a compelling reason exists to differentiate, maintain the priorities of education and the collegiate experience to provide opportunities for student athlete success, make clear that compensation for athletic performance or participation is impermissible, make clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities, and finally, protect the recruiting environment and prohibit inducement to select, remain at, or transfer to a specific institution. So other than being able to receive money legally, I don't see much difference between what is already going on today in college sports. They already try to differentiate collegiate and professional opportunities, and education is still currently the main priority. One other thing that doesn't sit well with me is that they say they will assure student-athletes are treated similarly to non-student-athletes. Joseph Nardone, writer for Forbes, says actual bylaws exist in which non-student-athletes are treated better than student-athletes relative to what each can currently profit off of while enrolled in college. For example, a music major can make money off of music, but a football player can't make any money off of football. Just one issue I have with the language there. Any problems that you see here, Dan? The part that is most confusing about this is when the NCAA board chairman Michael Drake says that all of this change will happen, and I quote, in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. This makes no sense to me at all. There is no definition of the quote-unquote collegiate model. So how can that be what the rules are based off of? So yes, the quote-unquote collegiate model is the debatable part of this. There is no really hard definition of the collegiate model, and that's going to bring a lot of questions about and a lot of controversy pertaining to the topic. Now, Dan, one hypothetical I have for you. So obviously under this model, the best players will get the big endorsements and make the most money because they're the big names. So what happens when the number one recruit, let's say for Duke, shows up in a Ferrari and the kid on the bench still has to roll in with his 2006 Corolla? Is that just allowed now? Now that's an interesting question because it brings up the situation where the best player is making all the money, but then the guy at the end of the bench isn't benefiting from this rule change at all. This is what is going to cause the NCAA the most problems, and that is that they can't ensure that everyone will benefit equally under these rules. And this is what the NCAA has always been about is ensuring that everyone has an equal opportunity. Student athletes are going to earn different amounts of money than each other, and this will make traditional supporters of the NCAA upset. Either way, I'm interested in how the NCAA will deal with a situation like that in the future. One question I have, 
What will this rule change do for recruiting? So what this would do for recruiting is entice high school athletes to go to the schools that will present them with the best opportunities for money. Where the controversy comes up with recruiting is alumni influencing the decisions of these kids. In a piece for Sports Illustrated, writer Michael McCann brought up a hypothetical situation where there is an alum who, let's say, owns a car dealership. Imagine that alum pays a top recruit a substantial amount of money, say $500,000, in part of what they say is an endorsement deal. As luck would have it, the recruit then picks the alma mater of that alum. The alum then insists that the money is for an endorsement deal, but who really knows? Examples like this are where the rules that the NCAA has come up with really become controversial and really prompt these athletes to look at the money instead of what is really important to them and their families when choosing a university to play at. So what he's saying here is that recruits will start choosing where to go to college based on money opportunities instead of the traditional factors like proximity to family, coaches, and programs. As Dennis Patchen of Washington State ESPN Radio put it, when the NCAA says that they will, quote, make clear the compensation for athletics performance or participation is impermissible, unquote, this is saying that if I hand you $50,000 to go to a specific university, that's still illegal. But if I say I'll pay you $10,000 to come sign autographs at my car dealership, that is okay. And that's where I think the transparency comes in. Student athletes are going to start making all sorts of money, but how will we ever be able to tell what they're receiving the money for? Like Dan mentioned, it is legal, like it is now, to accept money to choose a specific school, but how will we, and more importantly, the NCAA, no student-athletes received money to choose that school or if they received the money because of something he or she did once they're at that school. This could be one of the biggest problems to look for if these rules were to be implemented in the future. As a reminder, although we talk about all this information as if it is going to happen for sure, it is all hypothetical right now because this is still just the very beginning of the process. This is an issue that has been facing the NCAA for years, and this is the very first effort they have made to address the issue. There is no doubt in my mind that there is more to come from the NCAA and that the language we see now is not the exact language that will exist once it is implemented. With that being said, we hope we educated you on the beginning of this process and the controversy it could potentially cause in college sports. So that is all we have for you guys this time. Come back next week for the latest edition of the ASU Weekly Sports Short. For Dan Maha, I'm Thomas Remgis. Hope you guys enjoyed. Go Devils!